Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If Caleb Williams is special, it won't matter. If he's going to be an elite quarterback in this league, the thing that would scare me the most is you get into you get into year two, you get into year three, and you're like, whoa, we got a guy. And you're winning games. And you're making the playoffs. But the reason you feel like you're not an elite, elite team is because you don't have an elite head coach. That would be my bigger concern. Mm. Well, they don't. And that's that's obviously a concern, and that's even presuming they do have a quarterback. They obviously don't have an elite head coach. There isn't anybody anywhere who would say they have an elite head coach. They got a guy who barely kept his job and probably shouldn't have kept his job. Dan Bernstein and Mark Grody here today. Hello, how are you? Good. Are you cold? Are you are you snowy? Are you shoveling yet? I guess at least here on the northwest side, we've had a brief pause in the snow. That may allow me to text the the guy who's just waking up down the hall and tell him to go shovel. I just want to know if my plans to see a Led Zeppelin tribute band at the House of Blues tonight are going to be canceled. The, those it are has, really your plans? Those are my plans. This what do they what the, do they call a Led Zeppelin tribute oh, band these know, days? A I, Stairway to Heaven or yes, yeah, something like that. I, I actually don't off the top of my head. I don't know. A friend of Come mine got see the t- dazed and confused <laughs> to the music of Led Zeppelin. When the levee breaks. Right. <laughs> I'm like cashmere. Looking, yeah, so I don't know. But, yeah, my buddy just told me that it had stopped. I'm looking out my windows in Oak Park right now. Apparently it's supposed mm-hmm. to rain and snow more tonight, which really makes this a game-time decision for me. Well, rain is okay because that's going to at least uh, change the overall accumulation. The problem is when that temperature drops and then everything freezes and then we're all screwed. But that's not why you called. Yesterday, Boomer Esiason was on with Parkins and Spiegel. And the always opinionated former NFL quarterback had thoughts about what he would do to figure out the Bears quarterback situation. He's a transformative player, generational player. Uh, the things I see him do on the field, very few players ever have I seen do what he does. And he's just a special player. Now, I don't know the man personally. I don't know what kind of guy he's like. Uh, I know he likes to paint his fingernails and put different things on his hands and jumps into the, to the stands and hugs his mom and all that other stuff. I, I, I 
don't know that part of them. But what I see on the football field is a can't-miss football player that is going to take some franchise uh, into the next decade, much like I would say Joe Burrow has, like Patrick Mahomes has. I'm putting him in that in that level of player. And, of course, Josh Allen has uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So, to me, it's really a no-brainer. It's a quarterback league, and I know that Justin Fields has gotten better over the years and maybe a little bit cheaper in the long run if they want to sign him to an extension. But if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm sorry. I'm in a Caleb Williams camp and have been for two years, by the way. This is not anything that, you know, I've, I've just figured out over the last three weeks or something. Uh, I've been talking about Caleb since he went to uh, USC, pretty much watched every single one of his games. It's too bad that his coach didn't believe in defense at USC, Lincoln Riley. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, he is a very, very special player. And I would be very surprised if the Chicago Bears passed up on him. Boomer, um, we have seen with Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields, very talented athletic quarterbacks who eventually they had to cut the field in half and kind of create easier things for them to do other than pocket quarterback passing. Five steps, drop, anticipatory throws to beat a zone, that kind of thing. Caleb is obviously a great improviser, better than either of the guys that I just referenced, it seems, as an improviser, for sure. But does he have the pocket passer component? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got it all, man. He's got everything. You know, I, maybe maybe another inch taller would be great. Uh, but, you know, watching him and just, just analyzing him, and again, I don't know the personal side of him. That's something that, that Ryan Poles has really got to dig into and find out what kind of person he is, what kind of man he is. Is he a leader? Does do his you know teammates really like him at USC? Uh, did he do right by the teammates? All of that kind of stuff, especially in this nil era where you know these kids basically come and go as they want. It's a whole new different different set of circumstances. You got to make sure that the kid loves ball. Uh, I think uh, I think Justin Fields does, and I think whoever does acquire him from the Chicago Bears is going to be lucky to have him. But uh, once in a every ten years, decade or so, a player like this comes along, and I just think you know you got to take him. And you know Ryan Poles has got a little bit of luck on his side here now because things have kind of worked out. He made the trade for Montez Sweat. The defense got better. They beat some bad teams at the end of the year. So you don't really know what to take from that, but the defense got better. There's no question about that. Uh, I think their offense was uh, really competitive and they they were competitive because Justin became competitive as it got, as it wore on. And he started to understand that there's a real chance that he could have ended up losing his job there, which is most likely going to happen. So uh, I take all of that with a grain of salt. You want a guy that's going to be a difference maker. I think everybody, and you know, there'll be a few guys out there that are going to say negative things about Caleb Williams, like they say about all of us. But I think this kid's a can't-miss player. I really do. And I've I've said it for two years now that he would be the number one draft pick. He would have been the number one draft pick last year. Uh, so he's definitely going to be the number one pick this year. And I, I would hope that the Bears would end up taking him. That is Boomer Esiason, and that was unequivocal. No doubt about it. And I, you know, I want them to take Caleb Williams as well. It really, if you get through all of the stuff that's going on right now, that he does indeed eventually put his name in for the draft, 
He gets over the idea that, that there needs to be any sort of ownership of a team if he's to go there. It, you know, usually we just sort of gloss over the meetings that these GMs have with the players, or at least maybe I do because I'm like, all right, if he's a good football player, sign him to your team. Ryan Poles is going to have to be very careful, I think, or very thorough when he sits down with Caleb Williams, assuming that he does at the combine, where I will be, by the way, reporting. So, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll be there for the whole week um, reporting on your show and everybody's show. But that's going to be a huge meeting, more so than some of the other, just because of, and I don't know if any of this stuff, any of the critiques have been fair towards Cal, uh, Caleb Williams or even his father. But you do have to vet it out, and you do have to make sure that it's not a big deal. And that's going to be massive for Ryan Poles this year. The soft stuff is what we don't know. We can all see what he's capable of doing on the field. And if we're reading now, this stuff, if you're just joining us, the the, the thread of tweets from Kalen Kaler about him putting together a non-traditional support team that at the moment does not have an NFLPA registered agent. Ryan Poles has shown that he's, he has a, a lack of patience with anything other than a traditional agency structure. All that crap with Roquan Smith and oh, yeah. St. Omni and everything that, that we dealt with was, it, it was something to, to remember and something to, to keep in, in mind. He may have been aware that he was giving up a terrific play. I'm sure he was, and I'm sure he knew what he was giving up. Maybe not entirely, maybe not a, a two-time first-team pro bowler, but... He doesn't like that. So that has to be a factor. It has to be a factor if already we know the involvement of the dad and we know how Carl Williams is setting some of that up, where they're going to try to to have some power over the situation, whether it's the team, which team drafts him or how that contract's going to get negotiated. And I don't know if they were to go to the supplemental how much more fluidity or agency that allows them because of the way the salary slots work. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure either, but that would be pulling a fast one. As far as the the agency stuff is concerned, I'll look at it a little bit differently and say I think Ryan Poles as crazy as I would not want to have had to deal with Roquan Smith's St. Omni agent or any of that stuff either. But maybe that is one of those things that that Ryan Poles needs to learn from and that he's in the modern NFL that he's going to have to put up with. Because if he's got to put up with that stuff to get Caleb Williams, then he's got to put up with that stuff. Now, I don't want you know the, to get to a point where the Bears are fleeced or you allow for too much. But I do think that maybe, you know, look, the. the you got the the player that you let go in Roquan Smith. You probably should not have let go. You know, it's not you know having Tremaine Edmonds here is not a bad you know sort of consolation prize. But th- that is a guy Roquan Smith is a guy you probably should not have let out of your your building at at any time. So to some degree, I think Poles needs to learn from that and maybe put up with more than than he wants to if he wants to you know succeed into the future. <laughs> Joe Ostrowski, he just tweeted, "Why not end the week with the most Bears thing of all time?" Notes that Caleb is still minus eight hundred to be the first overall pick. <laughs> 
So the deadline is the deadline Monday. Is it like midnight Sunday into Monday, or does the deadline occur at some time on Monday to declare? I think it's Sunday into Monday, I believe, but I have to confirm that. Um, but yeah, if it's not because you know one of these other quarterbacks too, you know what? Caleb Williams is my first choice for sure. But you know one of these other guys, whether it's Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix Jr. or even Hub Arkish's guy J.J. McCarthy, one of those other guys is going to be a successful quarterback in this league, and and and, and you know, a couple of them are going to be flops. So. They they may have to go into identifying which one of those other guys, and who knows? May, maybe at this point, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Poles has a you know has fallen in love with one of those other guys. And I don't think we're going to find that out probably for a while. But you know, it's fair to zero in on some of the other potential prospects as well. Yeah, this is this would really be unfortunate if if, if all of a sudden th- the one time this happens to them, it's it, it, they get the it's the weird guy or it's the guy who just decides he's going to tell the Bears, "Don't take me, I'm not going to show up." It's been done. It has been done. Maybe he's been serious when he's been hitting the like button on Justin. You know, keep Justin Fields. We love Justin Fields, and we all try to read into why uh, Caleb Williams would be liking this because he hates the Bears. He doesn't want to go to the Bears. He's just like, Justin Fields, you keep it. Yeah, man, that would suck if that if this is personal. If this is personal. I mean, or I it's guess not. I, or, or, it's, or it's professional. and Or he decides he doesn't want to play for the Bears, and he'll declare for the draft only if he's assured that he's he's going to play elsewhere. I don't. Why wouldn't he want to play for the Bears? I know that's probably an obvious question, but what's your answer to that question? I don't. I don't know. You'd have to ask him why anybody wouldn't want to play for the Bears. The quarterbacking history is ignominious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's certainly a, a certainly a, a dubious history. Or yeah. Yeah. or how about this? How, how about if it's as simple as. You don't want to go to a place where they're they're going to hire somebody like Clint Kubiak to be in charge of the start of your career. <laughs> I mean, to go back to your first segment, honestly, the yeah. way they're half-assing it and everything we've talked about, the Bears' decision, it would be totally different if they had decided that they were going to blow everybody out, that they were going to hire the best possible offensive mind, and they were going to build everything around the idea of getting general manager, head coach, and quarterback fully aligned together like the way real teams do it, but they don't do it that way. Yeah, Father Carl sees that the the Bears have the number one overall pick, and he's like, no, 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 no. We're not going there. Let me tell you a little bit of history about what happens to Chicago Bears quarterbacks. I mean, that's fair. The the organization has earned that distinction. And, you know, ultimately, I'm sure there have been plenty of players that have not wanted to go to the Bears. If you get through this stuff, you know, he's not going to have a choice in the matter. And I still think they will get through this. And I think there's still think there's a very good chance that they take Caleb Williams. But absolutely, it's earned. It's earned for, like, going all the way back to Moosin Muhammad when he said that's where wide receivers go to die. Absolutely earned. Absolutely. You know, when, when we're giving history lessons on Johnny Morris, and thank God that's turned into to DJ Moore and Brandon Marshall and Allen Robinson more in the current era, but absolutely all that stuff is earned. And if I was, a, you know, a kid that was playing in California or just didn't really have a good recognition of the Bears organization or Chicago, I'd be like, well, what I want to go there so i i do get it i think they'll get through this stuff but i do understand it 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> this is... I, my, I'm, I am going to believe this is a nothing until it's a something. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's like, I, I want that too, and I, I don't even want to read too much more about it. Because if I do, it'll probably upset me, and I'll make it a something in my head. But yeah, hopefully it's all just... And, and I do believe that. I do believe that they will get through this stuff. I mean, you we've heard other guys in the past angling for where they actually want to go and then and in the end they're not able to, you know, revolutionize the sport. So I don't think Caleb and Carl are going to be the ones to do that. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2. Your midday destination for Chicago Sports Talk on 670 The Score. In Odyssey Station. Kevin Fishbane. I got Fishy Business, K Fishbane. Fishy Business? Fishy Business. Well, I call him whenever I have him on the show. Fishy Business. Bears beat writer for The Athletic. Are you talking about how the Bears had 10 days off between games after their two best passing performances in the first play from scrimmage against an all-blitzing defense? Was to let a blitzer come free? Kevin Fishbane talking Bears. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. I love your name. It's a great name. Yeah, great name. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Kevin Fishbane's on Twitter, or X, whatever you call it, at K Fishbane, Bears beat writer for The Athletic, joins us now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Sports Illinois and Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. It is up to you, Fish, where you want to start, because that uh, that was the week that was. What was it? Yeah, Dan, um, it was... It was- Bears week, but it didn't. They didn't go full Bears. I don't think they went like. The really interesting thing to me is that if they had emailed us on Sunday night and said, um, "Ryan Poles, Matt Abrufus, and Kevin Warren will meet with the media at three o'clock on Monday," and I wonder what the tenor in town would have been relative to what happened. Cause I do think that the two days of, you know, meetings and talks and silence created this 
possibility that they were wondering if they should keep the head coach. And I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if they ever even were crossed that path. I really don't. I, I, I wonder if they just, and I, and, and I almost don't blame them for taking the time to figure out their coaching staff direction, because I don't know if you guys have talked about it this week, but we were certainly remember reminiscing the media room 2019 end of season press conference where we asked, Oh, are there any coaching changes? And we got the, well, you know, we're still, we're still working through it. We're still working through it. We literally get back to our cubicles to find out that Harry, he and Mark Halford have been fired. So they had obviously lied to us. And, and that was a horrible look. And I think that from a, just make sure that everyone's on the same page, get your ducks in a row, have a unified vision. I thought it was good. It was better than what we usually have, what we have seen in the past. But I do think that obviously having those having that time to get to that point and seeing what coaches are available created um, this aura in town. It, it, it might have created Meatball Dan. I don't know. <laughs> if it, cre- it certainly contributed to it. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, I, before we get into some of the, the nuts and bolts of the yeah. team and quarterback and Ryan Poles and all of that, my impression of Kevin Warren was slick for sure had answers ready impressive speaker but a little bit disappointed in terms of but i came away realizing or or thinking that he's definitely his number one priority is the stadium and he's really gonna sit back in terms of football operations right now or the on the field product i did not find him overly profound in that regard and maybe that's just because i built it up in my own head that he may impose his will a bit so that's what i thought what did you think of kevin warren and what he had to say what stood out to you because he's the new guy for us really yeah well mark we've spent months calling him the wild card and all this right like we've spent all this time thinking if something bold different is going to happen it's going to be because of kevin warren now, I do think that there are changes happening to the franchise in the building, certainly with the stadium process, that are the Kevin Warren effect is in play. But that's not necessarily front-facing things. That's not necessarily things you're seeing in the football field. And you're right, Grody. I think what we saw uh, this week was, you know, because like there was this thought that like, ooh, is Kevin Warren going to say, hey, because you could tell this is not somebody who wants to settle for mediocrity. This is not mm-hmm. somebody who wants to cut corners. This is not somebody who's going to stand for people being below average at what they do. So you kind of thought with that personality, is he going to say, hey, it's time for this franchise to be bold. It's time. Look at these coaches who are available. Let's upgrade. We've got this foundation of players. Thank you, Matt, for your time. Thanks for the defense. Now we're going to have somebody else come here. You kind of thought he might have been the one to do that, but – you know, it's, 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 you're going to trigger me again, you know, <laughs> that's and, what I'm trying to do. Stop. I, guess, I guess the question is, is like, are we okay with a team president who is giving all the football decisions to the general manager, Ryan Poles, and just kind of being this backstop, if you will, this support this, staff, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can run this stuff by me. And if I, don't agree i'll let you know and i'm going to help you get to the point you need to get to because yeah i think that yeah maybe there was some disappointment that kevin warren did just didn't just step in and do what we kind of thought he might do now again i think that those things are happening in other parts of the organization in our in other parts of this franchise that aren't football that aren't coaching 
Um, but if you thought, yeah, I mean, we certainly thought that that was going to, he was going to have more of an impact in that round. Well, if that's the case, then he's got to lay off the lofty rhetoric, which it seems to be like half his job right now is, is, is primping and posing and posturing and, and putting together word salads and serving it out to us. If he's going to talk about the, you know, the shining city on the hill or whatever it is, or the, the, the pride of the Hallis family and championships and all, all that stuff, he's got to knock it off. If you just want to talk about the stadium, talk about the stadium. And if he's here to be Crane Kenny and be the president of business operations, we need to know that. Because then it's going to be Ryan Poles' job to talk about winning championships. You know what I mean? Like, figure that out. If you're the president of the Bears and you are telling us that Poles is, is the football decision maker, and if you just, unless you say, look, my expectations for Ryan Poles, if he doesn't deliver multiple championships, he's fired. You know, like we, we just need that clear because it sounds like when Warren talks about, I worked for the Rams when we won a Dick Vermeil and all this stuff, it sounds like he wants it both ways. That he wants to say, essentially, that he's here for Ryan Poles and then be the front man taking credit for football success. Yeah. Well, to your first point, Dan, I don't think Kevin Warren is capable of turning it off. Like, I just think this is like, in terms of the way he talks and delivers his remarks, like, that's just, uh, I don't know if anybody speaks like him. Like, it's a unique d- deliverance of, of remark and, and everything there. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive, certainly. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that, you know, I, I almost, there was a, there was a moment where I thought from a pure entertainment media perspective i was like man i kind of miss ted phillips i kind of miss like ted <laughs> sometimes going off the cuff and and talking football you know and and, and giving us some uh, some entertainment here just, you know again like there is also the possibility dan that kevin warren loves matt eberflus and kevin warren truly believes that matt eberflus is the guy to take this team where it needs to go. And you can certainly critique that if that's the, that was his evaluation, or it could be, he just is believing Ryan polls and trusting it. But yeah, it's, I think that it's, it's possible that the first, whether it's a GM change or a coaching change, we might not hear Kevin Warren really in terms of his football decision-making impact until that happens. It is ironic that after decades of of wanting Ted Phillips and may, even going back to Mike McCaskey to stay out of football business, that we're wanting somebody like Kevin Warren to, to nudge in there and do something football-wise. But I want to move on because I was looking through your, uh, your 10 takeaways in The Athletic from that day, and one of them, as we get into the quarterback, number three, I believe, Mr. Fishbane, Fishy Business, um, Justin Field, this was the headline, Justin Fields is still QB dot 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 for now. Will you expand on your thoughts about Justin Fields, where he fits in with the Bears or not? Yeah, Mark, I, thank you. I, I wanted to, you know, let readers kind of in on some of the things that Ryan Poles and said about the quarterback and, you know, where they saw progress, where they still need to see progress. But I keep coming back to this when it comes to fields. And we talked about this probably last summer. If you don't know, then don't you know, right? <laughs> like if you, if you're, if you're not, if you, if you don't, if you have made a decision on the fifth year option, if you haven't made a decision on the number one pick, if you, if you haven't made a decision on a contract extension for him, isn't that your answer? 
Now that's one way of thinking about it. And there could be, you know, I don't want to like, they are going to go into this. They are going to do their due diligence. So maybe they are going to go back and rewatch all the tape and see that and decide that some of those late game deficiencies were uh, the talent around him or the playbook more so than him. And they could still believe, Hey, we've gotten to a point now we've got some of these trade offers for number one pick. We can envision what this looks like with Justin Fields. I just keep coming back to, man, if, if after two full seasons for this regime to watch him play, that they're still unsure if he's the quarterback of the future, recognize it's a unique situation, number one pick. Is that your answer? Is that enough? And that's what we'll find out in the next couple months. Your colleague at The Athletic, Kalen Kaler, posted a thread of tweets today that was intriguing, if not worrisome. What do you make of the fact that Caleb Williams has yet to officially declare for the draft with the deadline being Monday? It's it's unique. It's worth noting. And, and yeah, check out Kalen's tweets, get some more info on that. And, you know, his his camp is not really saying much people in the league are just expecting this to go um, standard operation he'll eventually declare and it'll be fine but I think that this is building and she gets into this in the tweets that Caleb Williams is going to be different than anybody else who's been drafted number one assuming he goes number one Um, I don't know if this is going to be an Eli Manning power play but we're in the world of NIL and Mm -hmm. this is the beginning of a new era for teams and like I want to, like I think it's cool. I think NIL is great. I think it's awesome that these guys are finally getting paid for what they do. NFL teams are going to understand that there's going to be a challenge now because if you're Caleb Williams, are you going to sit to yourself and say, "Wait a second, I was the best quarterback in football. I'm the best amateur quarterback in the world, and I don't get to choose where I got to go. I don't get to negotiate my salary for at least three years." This is what I get to go into. I think that like you've seen player ownership in the NFL already with veterans forced their way to town. You're going to start probably seeing it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if Caleb Williams is going to be a part of this, but I do think that now that these guys are un- are fairly getting theirs in college, they're going to come to the NFL and realize it's not that fair in the NFL either. And they might start trying to understand how can I make it more fair for me? The other side of that coin though, and I I've said for years, if you come to Chicago and you put up Kirk Cousins numbers, they're going to be statues of you along Lake Michigan. Okay. (laughs) If you're Caleb Williams, like, isn't there this allure to come to the bears and you just have to be slightly above average and you're going to be the greatest quarterback in history. You're never going to have to buy a meal or a drink for yourself in this town for the rest of your life. People are going to adore you. And you, don't, you just have to be Matthew Stafford. Like, you just have to be, like, early Bengals Andy Dalton. I mean, it's not, like, that high of a bar. You had to, to say Andy Dalton? Yeah, I know. I should have I oh, left that man. one out. Hey, think about how much Justin Fields is loved, you know, by, exactly. by half right, He already is. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Fields I, already is loved like that. He is. And that's why I just think that, like, if you're, if you're a quarterback coming in, I understand, like, why would anybody want to come play for the Bears? You know, it's. That's, you know, the curse of quarterbacks and the infrastructure. Yeah. And I get all that. But it's also like you can come be quarterback in the history of the charter franchise. And it's not going to take a whole lot. And I kind of if I'm a Bears, I would want a quarterback to want that challenge, to want to take that on. 
All right, Kevin, uh, 30 seconds or less, if you can, just on the timetable for hiring the next offensive mind that looks like it's going to come squarely from the second-tier list of names. Yeah, I, I, I have no expectation in that, Dan, but I do think that they might want to move quickly this week before these head coaches get hired in these cities, and then they're going to be looking for their offensive coordinator. The Bears are probably going to want to cut in front. There is a great opportunity here for someone to come in and own this offense and be the play caller. And I understand the worries about a lame duck season, all that with Ibrahim's contract and all that. But I do think for offensive coaches who want to call plays and take ownership, there's a really good opportunity to come here to Chicago. Kevin Fishbane, have a good weekend. Be careful out there on the weather. Thanks. Take care, guys. See you, man. That's Kevin Fishbane. I've got some Bulls thoughts when we come back, because as much as we've been reminiscing and talking about the ceremony and last night and tonight and the Ring of Honor, there's some basketball stuff going on that is worth talking about as Zach Levine is trying to figure out his best fit. Got some thoughts on that next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station, 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 Station. Houston in play, sideline right, right, full court. Smith with DeRozan on the ball, holding and looking, and they're going to Van Fleet on a pump. Right side, three ball, way off the mark, and it goes out of bounds. It's an air ball. It's going to be Bulls ball. They'll put it in play with 5.4. Caruso in play to DeRozan. DeRozan's just going to eat the clock. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. Let's dance. Bulls now 18 and 21 on the season after the 124-119 overtime win over the Houston Rockets on Wednesday. Their second consecutive overtime victory against a decidedly lesser opponent, though I would I would keep my eye on that Houston team. I know I've been saying that, but now that they've got a coach in place, I'm telling you, that Alperin Sangoon, man, whoo-wee, if he puts it together. is I mean, he's, he's already good, but that combination of size and smarts, and it's not, he's not a great athlete, but they were running some Giannis-type stuff for him. Uh, Bulls and Warriors tonight, 7 o'clock, with all the festivities for the inaugural Ring of Honor induction. Put him on the Ring of Honor! Put him on the Ring of Honor! Put him on the Hall of Fame! <laughs> Eat some rim while you're at it! <laughs> That's the really what I want to do. ceremonial eating of rim! <laughs> Bean town! <laughs> you knew, you were, you were baiting me into that. I was totally angling yeah, for it. Were. That, that is talking, seriously. Yeah. So, I have to like pull over and laugh when you. Do. <laughs> I know you're. you're <laughs> Tomorrow, Rosen eating mile Bing high time. rim. <laughs> eating big time rim. <laughs> I still, uh, I still can't believe it's real, but it is, and I don't want to speak it out of existence. <laughs> and I was, Never. I was, a, I was a little unhappy that we had uh, spent time. If you are a Bulls fan and you happen to listen to the Organizations Win Championships podcast, which we do uh, often and uh, commenting and observing the Chicago Bulls and having some fun with the father-son relationship, that my podcast co-host, and by the way, it's wherever you get your podcasts, and you can just download it, like it, rate it, receive it, and and subscribe to it, however you Mm -hmm. want to do it. He said that he would like to see Zach Levine used as he comes back in more of the Patrick Williams type role. More beginning some sets in the corner 
as a floor spacer, making that baseline cut and or off the catch, either shooting it or then attacking off the dribble, just the same way that Williams is, is asked to do. But we know that Levine can be aggressive doing that. And I'll be damned if the Bulls didn't do that. And I was kind of pissed off because he's like, see, they're doing it. They're doing what I wanted them to do. Fine. Okay. You're right. Whatever. But there's some sense in him being a catch and shoot guy because he's really good at it. And certainly now 10 years into his NBA career, he's got his deal. If he's going to look at what he's going to become, I'm not saying just a catch and shoot guy. But take advantage of what you really do well, because the more opportunity, the more usage Kobe White has gotten, the better he's gotten. There is no reason to not keep feeding him more, 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 more opportunities, more situational matchups, more big time shots. So he's Kobe White has proven that the, with everything that they've let him do, he's gotten better at it. So I don't want to stop that at all. But I also don't want the Bulls to to not avail themselves of a pretty special skill that Zach Levine has. No doubt about it. I mean, hits him that massive three in in overtime, and the numbers too. Like everybody kind of got theirs in that game too. Zach Levine, twenty five points, thirteen rebounds, seven assists, and give him three steals. Uh, Kobe White still got his thirty. DeRozan, I know, didn't shoot well. Got nineteen. Vooch, eighteen points, fifteen boards. Caruso with twelve points as well. I also wonder if if you do if you did go with with Jason's idea in terms of Zach Levine. Like, does that make him like if you are still looking like if he still wants to be moved and, and if the Bulls do want to move on from him in the offseason at this point, does that make like if they turn him into that, would that make him more valuable as a trade piece if other teams understand another part of what he could be? Because I know the 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 money scared teams away in terms of making a trade now now. But do other teams look at Zach and say, how are we going to use him? If we already have stars on our team, how do you use a talent like Zach Levine, who unfortunately for Zach and for the Bulls has kind of proved that he is not an absolute number one, that DeMar DeRozan has been the guy since those two have been here that has been the closer for your team and the guy making the biggest shots throughout every single game? I think it's a tall order to get Zach to fully buy in. I just mm-hmm. do. Oh, of course, of course. And and, and because it, even and I, I like I say he's a good teammate and and he's it seems like a, a good guy. He's I will always think that in ten years you can't learn instincts, and he's never got become an instinctive basketball player. He's ne- it, and. and it, at no point is he going to be the guy that all of a sudden figures it out. And I, I wish he could just do what DeMar DeRozan is doing. And I give DeMar so Big much time. credit. Mm-hmm. He, you talk about a, a pro's pro. And as we talked about on the show when Layla and Lawrence and I were talking with uh, Arturis and, and Mark about what they were trying to do. And they said, they said, DeMar is smart. 
and he'll he'll figure out his way in this one way or another. And he is shooting more threes. He is distributing the ball, and he is playing better defense. I, I always sort of think about when it comes to Zach. It's like when I can, you know, when you get the kids to empty the dishwasher, you get them to clean their room. It it starts out fine, and then the behaviors always go back to their default settings. And that's my worry with Zach is he'll be a he'll be a really good uh, play, I, you know, just sort of a. It's it's hard because he is well, a good Dan. Because teammate. of the success, I, I, because of the success without him, I think he realized he had to come in and be a good soldier and fit in. And I think it was might have been you who tweeted it out in that first game. It didn't look like he was comfortable. Like he didn't want to screw up what they had. But I agree with you too. It's only it can only last so long because it's not like right. he's gotten to a point. I mean, he's where he's won something in his career. He played winning basketball in the last game. He mm-hmm. did yes. try defensively. He seemed to know which of the shots were his shots. And there were a couple times where I was urging him to shoot it that he passed up the shot. So I do think it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I, I do want him to keep launching threes because they need more threes, and he's really good at shooting them. It's just a matter of knowing score and situation and matchup and, and you know, where and when. So we'll see. Every next game is yet another data point. But they're going to need points tonight. The Bulls still aren't scoring enough points. If you look at box scores every day and you look at some of these numbers, you'd think these are all double overtime games. 138, 142, 129. Like this is the the Bulls can't live around this this place where they've been living. Go score me 137 points tonight. Maybe you'll get yourself a win at home against a Warriors team that isn't what it was. They're not as good as they used to be, and that's clear. Let's get back to talking about the Cubs convention with a rising star on the Cubs. Left-handed pitcher Jordan Wicks is going to join us next on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 